what we're about to do? Murder or rape. We're about to get real. Or kidnapping, petty theft. We're about to have conversations that Christians have behind closed doors. Throw away the key. The scary ones, the ones that make you feel uncomfortable. That's where we're going. And you might die from a dangerous virus. Why? Because we're family. Ustedes son mi familia. My son is in a prison, and he has told us that it's run rampant, and he was very sick for a few weeks. This is the Brian and Janelle podcast. Not to mention all the people in jail who are awaiting trial. She's Janelle, and I'm Brian. We're talking about a Christianity Today article sent to us from a listener that wants to know your thoughts on this. So we have a total misconception of what it's really like there and who the people behind those bars are. I like when the discussion goes back and forth. I don't want us all to agree on everything. Right. I was a former prisoner. I served eight years. I had buddies that were in there. They actually died from the pandemic. And even some of the, the workers in there, they died from there too. The falsely convicted guy could be sharing a cell with her next to Charles Manson. And no one questions whether Charles Manson did anything horrible. I don't think anyone wants to give him a vaccine. If you don't want to miss anything, all you have to do is just hit subscribe to get a notification whenever we drop a new episode. What about those that have committed heinous crimes, those on death row, versus those who are still awaiting trial? Should we prioritize the incarcerated? Think of uh, the, the kid Dylan Roof that went in and shot up a church while people were praying. He's in prison. That means he could get it before your in-laws. This is the Brian and Janelle podcast. We were talking about the vaccine and states are rolling out their plans for COVID-19 distribution of the vaccine. There's a particular group of people that may be being overlooked as vulnerable Mm. that ought to be in the front of the line or not. Hmm. We'll describe who they are and get your take on whether they should be towards the front of the line or not. But let's just uh, lay a few things out there. What we don't want to do in this conversation is debate whether Christians should take vaccines. Yeah, because that's not what this is about. And we don't want to read or watch anything about your theory on vaccines, okay? We love you, and I'm sure it's really interesting. But this is going to be about a particular vulnerable population. And we're just going to assume that it would be good for them, okay? I guess. (laughs) Okay. No, you know what? You you could disagree with that. But what we don't want to do is debate vaccines in general, okay? Let's do that. Mm-hmm. So, according to Christianity Today, here's what they write. As states roll out their plans for COVID-19 vaccination, the limited number of doses have prompted tough public conversations about how to prioritize certain populations. Most states agree that healthcare workers, nursing home residents, and people with high-risk comorbidities should be at the top of the list. And that sounds pretty... Normal. Right. Yeah. And the, the comorbidities are things like uh, maybe you've got a lung issue, maybe a lung transplant or heart transplant or things like that that are more likely that if you have an infection like COVID that's a heart-lung kind of thing, it's going to affect you much more severely than just an average healthy American. But even once those populations are set aside, mm-hmm. it's still it's complicated. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you're on the Titanic, I mean, it's women and children first. Mm -hmm. Even children can't have it. So what, do women get to go first after that? You guys always go first on everything. (laughs) 
Yeah, we've had all this equal rights talk. I think it's time to put that into play. Oh, Line wow. up the women. Wow, seriously? No, man, I ain't equal in everything. You all want to be first until you don't want to be first. How are we supposed yeah. to know when you want to be first? Yeah. When it benefits them. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Ron sounds salty. What's up Ron, with that? It's 2021. <laughs> so how do you handle that? Even like, let's just say age becomes... A risk. So once we take care of the, the vulnerable populations everybody agrees about and first responders, so what, those maybe 65 or older get it next? It's, it's hard to know. Yeah. But there's actually, according to Christianity Today, another population that has proved much more controversial, but perhaps significantly as vulnerable, incarcerated people. What are we going to do with prisoners? Now, medical and public health experts, they write, including the American Medical Association, uh, Medical Association, agree that incarcerated people face tremendous danger from the virus. Given that social distancing in America's overcrowded prisons is impossible, prisoners also face inadequate testing, a shortage of soap and masks, hmm. and standard health care, yeah. because much of their health care is substandard. As a result, the virus has already spread widely in prisons. The Marshall Project reported that as of December 8th, at least 249,883 people in American prisons had tested positive, a 10% increase over the past week, including 1,657 prison facilities. Contracting COVID-19 while incarcerated has proven deadly, with rates of prison cases and deaths at 3.7 and two times national levels. So it's mm -hmm. twice the national level, respectively. As incarcerated writer Christopher Blackwell wrote for the Washington Post, we are sitting ducks. The response of many facilities has been to go on lockdown, restricting important programs and keeping residents inside cells. Some prisons have even used solitary confinement as a method of quarantining. That's socially distant. But these practices have alarmed reform advocates that have made life all the more difficult for those inside prison walls. Mm. I mean, solitary confinement's brutal when you, yeah. when you yeah. know anything, but it's brutal. Yeah. But it's usually reserved for somebody who's really dangerous or in danger or misbehaving. But just And even with that, I've seen studies and documentaries that even question that because of the impact it has on mental health. Oh, yeah. So even when they quote unquote deserve it because of, you know, and so now with the disease, that's crazy. Or the social distancing. Oh, yeah. These practices have alarmed reform advocates and say it's made life all the more difficult inside prison walls. Byron Johnson, a Baylor University sociologist and leading scholar of faith-based correctional programs, told Christianity Today that the past nine months have been, quote, devastating for the prison, prison initiatives that depend on volunteer efforts. Quote, the pandemic has essentially killed many educational vocational, and religious programs. Mm -hmm. The spread among prison populations also put correctional officers and their families at high risk, right. with more than 62,171 prison staff testing positive and 108 deaths reported mm -hmm. among prison staff. And these infections of staff present ongoing danger to the communities where prisons are located. And despite experts' warnings about the dangers of COVID-19 and confinement, Many Americans resist the idea that prisoners should be at the top of the vaccination lists. According to analysis from the COVID-19 Prison Project, 24 states have listed prisoners in the, secondary, in the second tier of priority for the vaccine. Twelve states do not even mention prisoners in their plans. And many states, as the Prison Policy Initiative has pointed out, 
have put forward plans for vaccines that are unclear or unspecific regarding incarcerated people or have neglected to detail plans for county jails alongside state prisons. So we generally either don't want them vaccinated or haven't even bothered to think about them. So should, uh, from a faith perspective, should incarcerated people be prioritized to get the vaccine before the rest of us? Really interesting question posed to us from a listener and from Christianity Today. We know that they can't social distance. They're crammed. They're already overpopulated. Right. They don't have enough masks. They don't even have enough soap. And yeah. so they are at high risk, and they've already shown that by high numbers. And so, yeah, it's usually two per cell, right? At least the TV shows I watch is that way. <laughs> right. And so, yeah, you're socially distanced in a way, but you're still stuck with that partner, and you don't know at exercise time who he's hanging out with. Right. And there's so many complications. So, should we prioritize the distribution of vaccines to prisoners? Like I'm saying. You know, way up there, as in like first responders, the medically vulnerable and prisoners before you get it. Lisa and Warren, what do you think? Should we? As a former employee at a prison, I just think we need to look at the considerable risk to the general population for, you know, employees that have to go in. Mm -hmm. And we are locked in with those prisoners 8, 10, 12, even 16 hours a day if you're working a double shift. Wow. So then we go home to our families. We may be taking care of elderly parents, We, you know. Mm-hmm. So we're exposing general population. So my opinion is, yes, they should be considered higher risk than those of us who can self-quarantine, can social distance, and take the precautions necessary. As you've said, um, prisoners are pretty much subjected to the rules of the prison, and therefore, you know, there's only limited social distancing and protocol that they can adhere to that the general public is able to adhere to. So my opinion is, yes, yes, we should consider them a priority. I mean, just because they're in prison doesn't mean they've done some horrific crime. True. That they're deserving of less medical care than those of us outside the prison. Lisa, I have a question for you. Would you differentiate at all between the prison staff and the prisoners themselves? Like, would you give it to the staff first and then the prisoners Or would you say even? I'd say even because the exposure risk is the same. Okay. Do you think that's a popular position among Christians, Lisa, though, to be like, let's make sure we we, we get prisoners first in line? Well, I I think most of us as the populace have not worked within the prison or incarceration system. So we have a total misconception of what it's really like there. Yeah. And who the people behind those bars are. Not yes. everyone's a, a, a dangerous criminal that needs to be incarcerated for life. You know, we tend to have the mentality that from the shows we've watched and from those kind of exposures, that everyone behind bars is there because they've done this horrific crime and they're dangerous to us as a population. And uh, I would say well over 50% are in there for very nonviolent infractions and just mm. yeah. ended up in prison. Yeah. So, I mean, our, overall, our prison system needs overhauled and, and the way we approach throwing people in prison, in my opinion, needs overhauled. And, and you know what, Lisa, thanks so much for the call, Lisa and Warren. We've talked about that on the show quite a bit. Mm-hmm. However, I will tell you that regularly the common response is the purpose of prison is punishment. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. you get what you deserve. What? You want nice food and a nice place? No, you should be 
uncomfortable and rather miserable in prison. And I could easily see the same person saying, so if you wanted the vaccine, you shouldn't have committed a crime. <laughs> Julie and Norton, what are your thoughts? Should we prioritize? Well, yes, in many senses, because my son is in a situation in prison mm. where there are probably, I think, 120 men in a dormitory, mm. which is impossible, you know, to yeah. protect to protect them. And so um, I know that he has told us that it's run rampant through the dormitory situation and he was very sick for um, a few weeks and um, but fortunately well maybe fortunately didn't have to go to the hospital but he told of men in his dorm that left for the hospital that they took them and they never came back you know he doesn't know they don't tell them what happened but I don't know you know, it's late now to think of the vaccine for them, but it was just a kind of an impossible situation. And, of course, many of the staff were very sick, too, and I'm sure that's how it got in. But the hardest thing has been they cut off all visitation. So it's oh. been almost a year since we've gotten to see him, and we're in the 80 age category and um we tried to go at least every month to mm -hmm. see him and of course that's impossible now so what's that what's that been like as a mother julie this last year to know about it running rampant and then not being able to see him uh, very very difficult and when it would go a long time without getting a phone call you know my mind would just go and i just it was a thing i just had to put in every night in the Lord's hands and say, Lord, you know. And I I believe our son knows Jesus personally. I believe he was raised in a pastor's home, actually. And uh, he's an adopted boy that's really struggled with a lot of things. But I, I believe he loves Jesus. But a lot of things came in the way of putting Jesus first, and he got himself in trouble. And um but, um, you know, it may be a couple more years that he'll be there, but I believe that God's going to accomplish some things through his life and through this experience for him, because I don't justify what he's done, you know. Sure. Um, but it's been difficult. And knowing when he was so sick and feeling like, is he getting any care? I think basically just... Tylenol to calm the fevers, but it it was hard. Well, yeah. you know what I can tell you is that we love you and we love your son and nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Prison Absolutely. can't, none of those things. And so if anybody gives you a hard time, don't listen to them, listen to us. <laughs> Lord willing, he's going to stay safe and uh, give our best to him if, if you would the next time I, you speak with him. I will. I will tell him I talked with you because I know he knows about you guys. So well, thank you You should, so you should much. send him a radio so he can listen. We'd love to have him on to listen part of the family. <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah. You it's love your hard. kid. Your yeah. kid loves Jesus. They made a mistake. They're in prison. Yeah. And they're just, here's some Tylenol. And that's the thing. This conversation takes on another life and another meaning when you hear someone like Julie. Yeah, now the, it's not just an opinion and like, well, you know, I don't know about prioritizing. It takes on 
just another feel. The mother's instinct to care for your child, even even when they're an adult, you just want to bring them home, yeah. put them in the bed, give them a cold compress, make them chicken soup, all those maternal things. And she's getting stiff-armed by the government, so to speak, and say, no, you can't even come in here and see him. Mm -hmm. And if she's in her 80s, she's probably concerned, you know, how much time do I have to reach out and try to help my son get back on the right path? Yeah, and you know, I could see someone making an argument for the idea of bringing back visitation alone makes it worth prioritizing prisoners Mm -hmm. with the vaccine. And, you know, if you haven't read it before, uh, Chuck Colson's biography, Born Again, is compelling, Mm -hmm. particularly when you read about his experience in prison after Watergate. It might actually change your thinking about prison in some ways. Hey, it's Brian. I've got one little request. Now, I'm not good at tap dancing, so I will not tap dance around it. So here it is. We need your money. Okay, that was a little direct, but it's true. We're part of Moody Radio Cleveland, and we're a listener-supported ministry. So people like you who listen to this podcast every week faithfully, and we're grateful for you, you are the ones who keep every episode coming out time and again. And it's not cheap to keep radio stations and podcasts running. So would you prayerfully consider a donation to this ministry? Super easy to do that. Go to moodyradio.org slash cleveland. Again, moodyradio.org slash Cleveland. And you can follow links there to get your gift in safely and securely right now. Thanks. You know there's groups of people prioritized to get the COVID-19 vaccine. First responders, no one argues with that. Nursing homes, no one's arguing with that. Staff at nursing homes, of course, no one's arguing with that. I mean, there's certain vulnerable populations that it's easy to cheer for. Mm Mm-hmm. But many states have no plan whatsoever on when prisoners are going to get the vaccine. We just heard from a listener, visitation's been canceled for almost a year now. Just visitation. You can't even visit your your Mm. family in prison because of the spread of the virus. And I like your impersonations. You're very My British one. No, not that one. Earlier today, you said, and I'm sure, because for some people, no matter what side you're on, you would think, duh, that's an easy answer. But you said there's those that say, yeah, they should be prioritized. And then there's others. Can you do the impersonation? Oh, yeah. Well, okay. So some people, whenever we talk about prisons, their their basic philosophy is uh, maybe you shouldn't have committed crime if you didn't want COVID. Yeah. Maybe you, uh, oh, you, what, you want a TV to watch? Maybe you shouldn't have committed a crime. <laughs> yeah. In fact, prison ought to be like the old chain gangs. You should be miserable when you're there. So that you never do that again. Yeah. yeah. Don't do the crime if you can't do the time. And so what we're trying to figure out is how would the scriptures guide us in this? Should prisoners be prioritized with the vaccine, as in before the general population? I like Daniel from Cleveland. His text says, wow, I wasn't down for prioritization before most groups, but visitation rights and the lack of ability to social distance makes me want to put the incarcerated at the same place as the nursing homes, mm. not to mention all the people in jail who are awaiting trial. 440-546. Right. They might be innocent. Five, five. Carla in Akron, what are your thoughts? Who should be prioritized? I believe that they should be prioritized due to the fact of, like everyone has said so far, one, they're human. Second is that everyone that's there is not going to stay there. They're going to come back home to society 
and therefore, if they have been exposed in there, now we have a super surge situation going on. And at that point in time, how are they going to get medical treatment if they're going to come out nine times out of ten without any health insurance, which will be a little bit harder for them to get, and probably trying some of them that might come out and be homeless, and so therefore you have another realm that they're going to be going into if they don't have any support system whatsoever. So, yes, they should be prioritized um, and not just saying that we're going to prioritize them just because they've been in prison, Mm -hmm. but it's because that type of environment is going to breed off into another environment when they get out. And like you just said, when they go to court, what about those that are waiting? Sometimes there, there are years gaps in there that they have before they even come before a judge. And so they still need the health care, the minimum that they're getting in there, like they said, a Tylenol. And I can speak for this because when I was a medic, I would go and see and have to transport the people and just for the basics, it's not good. It's oh, not yeah. good. So, yes, they do, they do need to be prioritized. And just do it for a minimum. So much for the three hots in a cot situation. People need the assistance while they're there. Thank you, you know, Carla and Akron, for your comments on that. We got a really interesting an, a note from Anonymous on Facebook that I wanted to get to because I like when the, when the discussion goes back and forth. Yeah. I don't so, want us all to agree on everything. Right. Anonymous says, I do not think this should be prioritized. I'm not talking about the criminal who committed petty theft. I'm talking about the criminal that did not prioritize his selfish needs or her selfish needs before pulling the trigger on that innocent man. So that would be one of those like um, maybe by type of crime we're prioritizing? In that case, it would be. Well, right. I mean, like if you're convicted of murder or rape or kidnapping... Because that, I don't think anyone's brought this up, but that's the implication of this, is that when you prioritize prisoners, some of the notorious prisoners in jail right now would be on that list. Is Charles Manson still alive? As far as I know. So Charles Manson would get one before you. Jelaine Maxwell. Yep, she'd get one before you. (laughs) There's a whole bunch of people who are in prison who are notoriously horrible criminals that people go, okay, there's no question about their guilt. They're terrible. They would get it as well as the person who was perhaps wrongly convicted or petty theft or whatever. The reason they're in the county jail. Someone else who likes to further complicate things like Brian says, texted and said, should there be a difference between those convicted, similar to what they say in the beginning, convicted in maximum security or death row for heinous crimes and those who are awaiting trial and in minimum security. Prison employees should definitely have a priority. So are those the three levels then? Let's say well, it gets it gets very complicated because there's a famous podcast called mm-hmm. In the Dark yeah. that follows the case of Curtis Flowers, who, by the way, the Supreme Court recently overturned his con- sixth conviction. Mm-hmm. He was on death row. Yes. And didn't do it. Wow. And when you watch that Netflix series you told me about, which I always forget the name. It's called uh, the, the Innocence Files. Man, there's some serious crimes people are accused of that have been proven mm-hmm. innocent. So even if we have the layers, 
like you said, you could have innocent people in all of those layers, all the way up to death. And yet the falsely convicted guy could be sharing a cell with her next to Charles Manson. And no one questions whether Charles Manson did anything horrible. Right. I don't think anyone wants to give him a vaccine, but you can't disaggregate it that way. You can't start organizing it by, Mm -hmm. by crime. Yeah. Moody Radio Cleveland, you're listening to Brian and Janelle. We've been talking about vaccines for a while this morning and now asking the question about how we should prioritize vaccines. Many of us have no problems with nursing homes going first, the elderly. Doctors. Doctors, right. That's like cops. That's right. We're like, we way back in line. That's good. That's good. But then the incarcerated come up and that's where we start kind of diverging. And what about those that have committed heinous crimes, those on death row versus those who are still waiting trial? Should we prioritize the incarcerated? Kevin in Akron, what are your thoughts? I'm not going to speak as any kind of an expert on uh, prison management, but I got to figure that uh, it's hard enough to run this and adding the stress of an outbreak of a virus is something that could be prevented through the prisoners having a vaccine. So to me, I, I wouldn't prioritize based on what offense they had. I would prioritize based on making it easier for the, the prison administrators to do their job. Yeah, could you imagine having to organize your prison based on type of crime? Ooh. And then getting people in line, and oh boy, that'd be an administrative mess. However, somebody could say, Kevin, listen, just distributing the vaccine is an administrative mess. So somebody could figure it out. Yes. Uh, easier for me to consider blanketing uh, a prison population with a vaccine than it is to cordon everybody off by the type of offense that they've been accused of. Right. Convicted of. Thanks, Kevin. Appreciate the call and the thought. In fact, somebody else texted and was like, you know what we should do? Give the vaccine and prioritize prisoners except for those on death row and those convicted of murder. Yeah. But then what's the chance that they might catch it and spread it? Well, I guess if you've been vaccinated, though, you're you're safe from being infected with it. So It's just fascinating to, to yeah. think about that, like convicted of murder. But even if we don't include those who may be innocent or don't think about, well, they can give it to someone else. Is that okay as a believer for me to categorize now the crimes? They're already in prison. I'm agreeing with that. I'm just saying, like, who am I now to start saying, well, no, your stuff is too bad. So, and then that's a believer. Number two, I'm an American. Like that's the kind of prisons we have now where we're just like, I don't know. Like, aren't we trying to be humane? But (laughs) on the other hand, it is a fact that we are categorizing our entire society. Yeah. You know, who's going to get it first (laughs) and in what order do they get it? That's not fun. No. And you know, you're going to have the, Mark Zuckerberg's of the world and, you know, people like that who've got all that money, they're going to find a way to get a vaccine into their arm. But the average American, should we be categorized lower than prisoners, which is what is being advocated here? You know what I don't like when this conversation becomes very simple once you have your son in prison or your brother in prison, Hmm. you know, like... I don't. And so it's easy to talk about it like, well, you know, we got this group over here and we got this group. But when you're talking about it and you know people that are struggling or sitting or not sitting in the waiting rooms, I yeah. don't know. So what are your thoughts on? Well, I think that that's easy for people to dismiss. What they'll go is be like, well, that nice lady who called us whose son is in prison, he ought to be able to get the vaccine. He sounds like a great guy. Those murderers? No, 
Don't yeah. give it to them. Yeah. The bank robbers, take it away from them. The rapists and all them, they, they should not get prioritized here. In fact, don't give them the, give them the virus, not the vaccine. <laughs> oh, wow. Stop pumping 440-546-2255. Anitra in Chicago. Hey, Anitra, what are your thoughts? Um, thank you. I presented this question, so thank you so much for doing this. You bet. First, to the anonymous, I wanted to say, what about the rapists and murderers who haven't been convicted, um, who are living in secret, actually, mm-hmm. who may already be vaccinated? <laughs> wow. Okay. okay, yeah. So, I Good mean, you, date rape. Do I need to say anything more? Yeah. Right. <laughs> date rape is prevalent, yeah. and not all of these offenders are in prison. Um, and then, and I, and I say that with love, um, but I also wanted to say, I do have a nephew who was in prison and, um, he's out now. He had to do a 30 day quarantine. I did send letters to, um, my governor and Senator governor Pritzker did not respond. Senator Durbin's take on it is that the focus is on early release of nonviolent prisoners. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was to say Illinois has no plan for prioritizing inmates for the vaccine. You know, it's like, are, aren't we supposed to speak up for those who can't speak up for themselves? Yeah. And I don't know, Brian, you can tell me this because I don't know. I was just reading the verses today about Jesus. When you visited the prisoners, you yeah. visited me. Mm-hmm. Um, does that apply here? Yeah, you um, know, I, I asked Dr. Rydelnik about those prisoner verses just mm-hmm. last week, believe it or not, because it also, like like Hebrews 13.3 says, Remem- remember those who are in prison as though in prison with them and those who are mistreated yeah. since you are all in, in the body. And Michael said oftentimes in those passages, now there's obviously different meanings based on context, but oftentimes that's talking about believers in prison. Hmm. Oh, okay. However, I, I do like your, your parallel here, What you're, I mean— for goodness sakes, Jesus was in prison. Yeah. Paul, yeah. John, Peter, thrown in prison for periods of time. And so yeah. it's difficult for us to, I think, represent the gospel, per se, and start wanting to cast aside people, right? Mm-hmm. And yet somebody texted us and said, uh, oh, but you know what? A lot of them don't even care. So yeah. why should we care? Is that a yeah. biblical attitude? I don't know. It doesn't feel like it. You bring up some great questions, Anitra, and you brought up the topic as, you, as you're reminding me. So thank you for that. Yeah, well, thank you guys for doing it. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> and I'm so glad your nephew got early release so that he could be safe. That's great. A texter, uh, somebody just sent a text of a great reminder for us as believers. The person says, as a believer, we're called to rise above and love our enemy. We shouldn't discriminate against any prisoner. If a decision was made to give to the prisoner, it should be across the board. We have all sinned. They're just being punished for theirs. And so as I was preparing and was looking for, like, what does the Bible say about this? It took me to first Luke seven twenty seven. Love your enemy. And do good to those who hate you and bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. Like that's bathed in action, loving action toward the very ones we're talking about to put on top, the ones on death row. And then with Romans twelve twenty, the same thing about feeding your enemy if he's hungry or giving to drink if they're thirsty. But isn't that hard to think of, though, when you think of uh, the, the kid Dylan Roof that went in and shot up a church while people were praying? He's in prison. 
That means he could get it before your in-laws. Yeah. If you say prisoners get prioritization of the vaccine, okay. he would get it before them. Yeah. Isn't that a little hard to swallow, right? I mean, I understand people's hesitancy with that being the case. But what do you say? Because not only are they saying what the Bible says about it, but in terms of we've all sinned and in terms of categorizing sin. Sin is sin, right? If we're going to say death row versus the petty theft guy. Well, I mean, theologically speaking, we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But what I would say is that I think it's easy for us sitting in our chairs who are in our cars or in our bedrooms to say, oh, yeah, prioritize prisoners over me and everybody else. Mm -hmm. But when you start getting a lineup of the faces of some of the prisoners, yeah. some of them, not all of them. Dylan but Roof. When, when Dylan you Roof that, and Charles yeah. Manson get to get a vaccine before I do, mm -hmm. yeah. there's something that feels unjust about that, right? Doesn't it? I mean, yeah. quite frankly. Yeah. But at the same time, the tension of the woman who called us, whose son is in prison now, loves the Lord. Mm -hmm. I want him to have it. Yeah. But what does the Lord ask of me? This is where I like that Luther quote, where Luther said that his conscience is captive to the will of God, as in... Whether he likes it or not, he's got to do what the Lord wants him to do. Yeah. And so in this case, I'm leaning towards whether I like it or not. Yeah, Charles Manson and Dylan Roof will be on that list. Twenty inmates in Louisville's jail have now been vaccinated. The health department focused on eligible inmates 60 years and older. Each received the Johnson & Johnson shot. More than 400 inmates have tested positive. Metro Corrections officers and staff were eligible in Phase 1B. At the time of our report, about two weeks ago now, Florida was one of 10 states that had yet to make prison inmates and or staff eligible for the COVID-19 vaccine, rejecting CDC recommendations. Now, Florida is one of less than a handful of states that has done nothing to prioritize the prison population. We're trying to figure this out. How should we prioritize the vaccines, protecting the vulnerable? We've already prioritized many groups, but now we're talking about the incarcerated. How do we do that? Aaron in Akron, what are your thoughts? Um, I actually am an ex-felon, and I spent time in prison. Okay. And just an interesting note that something that I had learned while I was in was that you can't get away from anybody. And the issue with the vaccine that I find that is like we out here have an option to be six feet away from everybody. We can wear the mask. Right. We can do all the things to help us keep safe because we have access to so many more things than you do while you're in. Mm -hmm. Now, while you're in, you live with somebody else that you may or may not particularly like, who may or may not take care of themselves. Those individuals who don't clean themselves correctly, they don't take care of themselves at all. And there's health problems in there. I mean, there's things that just happen in there because a lot of people that are in prisons, they don't understand what it necessarily means to, quote, live like we think about, oh, we get up in the morning, we get ourselves ready, and we go to work. Well, some of the people that haven't been, that are locked up, they don't know what that means because they've never experienced that. So they're under a different principle and wearing a mask or washing their hands or taking a shower or taking care of themselves of any sort doesn't really click for them as it would for us who go about our daily lives thinking of these regular things. 
Mm-hmm. So when we, I, I don't want to use the word deny because that seems so harsh. It's just when we prevent somebody from getting a vaccine, it's because they just may be unwilling, unknowing. I mean, you can put the word ignorant in there of how to take care of themselves, which then could potentially keep the virus going. And then the people who may be close to be getting out, they may then be a carrier and then they get out and then they could continue the the spread. So, I mean, I'm not going to say one way or the other, like, oh, we need to vaccinate or not vaccinate in prison first. It's just there's a different view that the people in, they can't distance. They don't have the option to distance. They don't have the access to the things that we have Mm -hmm. out here. So, I mean, taking that into consideration, I mean, we're still talking about humans. And if we start delineating things one way or the other, then we put ourselves in a position where we're giving unsuitable conditions So if Aaron from Akron was put in charge of whether or not prisoners are prioritized over the general population to get the vaccine, what would you decide? Yes. Yeah. And that comes from personal experience, you're saying, being there. God bless you, my friend. You stay Mm -hmm. on hold. And thanks for being vulnerable. I'm sure it's not easy to talk about the fact that you serve time in prison, but we love you, man. Thank you for calling. And please don't make this the last time that you call. Good morning. I love these types of conversations we can have on the radio because you assemble a group of people you just can't get anywhere else. We've talked to the mother of a prisoner. We've talked to an mm-hmm. ex-felon yeah. uh, who served time in prison. We've talked to just average people yeah. and their own thoughts. Someone who worked in the prisons. Right. Yes. Trying to figure out how to respond to this very issue that Christianity Today raised up, where we as Christians are called to plead the case of the vulnerable. I mean, it does say in Psalm 82, 3, defend the weak and the fatherless, uphold the cause of the poor and the oppressed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also says, open your mouth for the mute in Proverbs 31, for the rights of all who are destitute. Open your mouth, judge righteously, defend the rights of the poor and the needy. Um, and I, I would certainly say that if you're in prison, you're in a position of weakness. Yeah. You're in a position of being, I don't know if oppressed is the right word. I don't Mm-mm. like that word for no. prisoners. <laughs> Uh, but you're vulnerable. Depending. Mm-hmm. Like you said, there are situations like the one of the podcast you mentioned. Right. And it, a little bit too many of those situations when you're accused and you're actually innocent. And so some of this even goes to our philosophy of what prison is supposed to be. Is it punishment? Mm-hmm. Is it reformative? But bottom line, many states have no plan whatsoever on what to do with prison vaccinations. And yet but not only do they not have a plan, but the article mentioned Colorado where a leader actually tried to bring a plan and people yeah. pushed back. Oh, yeah. There, there was a politician who tried to be like, hey, listen, we got to be careful. We got to make sure the Colorado prisoners get And then people are like, whoa, 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 yeah. whoa. They're like, oh, okay, never mind, never mind, never mind. We'll put them last. Man. And yet the death rate and the uh, the rate of people getting it are much higher in prisons. Wow. So what, what do we do, Christian? Should we prioritize prisoners? JR, what are your thoughts? Should we prioritize? Well, I don't think we should. I, I don't agree with... Uh, Uh, some of the callers. But what we need to think about is, you know, we have a system that may not be the most perfect system in the world, but our justice system is what it is, and it's the greatest there is is around. And um, the prisoners that are there, they're sentenced to a time, uh, depending on their crime and what have you, and that is their punishment. And of course, we would like to see reformatory while they're there, but we have to keep in mind that the time and the sentence they were given was their punishment. There's no reason to punish them any further by not providing something that they should or should not have. And uh, But on a whole other 
angle of that, say, for instance, in the state of Ohio, there's approximately 38 adult facilities, averaging, I would, I'm going to say, uh, right around 2,000 inmates per facility. That's a lot of people. Yeah. And to uh, keep these prisoners at bay, so to speak, or in prison to fulfill their their time, uh, their sentence, you have, uh, say, for instance, 150 workers, uh, uh, guards at each prison. And these guards are putting up with the fact that these prisoners have to be segregated and separated. They can't uh, be out and about in the common areas like they normally would. And it's creating a very negative attitude, as, as you could expect. Being locked down is one thing, but being locked down within a prison is, an, is a whole other aspect. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you've got so many employees that are dealing with this, plus the fact that they are becoming ill. And once you become ill, uh, you're found tested positive. You have to, uh, you're not able to report to work. There's periods of time where there's separation there that, that, that they have with their families. and But their co-workers, there's so few people to fill in. I mean, these guys are working yeah. double shifts and everything else, even without this pandemic. And now you've got employees, corrections officers, who are trying to do a job, which is to contain these people that are in prison for a reason. Now, we don't want, uh, you know, if, if there's nobody there to, to, to maintain the system of corrections and, 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 and they end up going back into society, just open the doors to them, so to speak. I'm sure that the uh, general public wouldn't want that. But there is a chance that this could happen uh, simply because there's nobody there to, uh, to, to to be a corrections officer. We need to think about that. So if you immune, give immunization to the, the inmates, then, of course, the corrections officers will get it also. They're part of law enforcement. Right. And um, it's just, you know, we, we have to think of those things also. Uh, you don't want these prisoners getting out. Well, you need somebody there to maintain the prison system. So it sounds like so, you'd favor vaccinating prisoners and prioritizing that vaccination just for the families oh, of the yeah. corrections officers. Definitely, because uh, it, it would not uh, you're not going to do the uh, the law enforcement and correction officers uh, any good if, if they're done. And then the inmates are because after a certain period of time, you could. I mean, we don't know about this pandemic and the exact uh, things of COVID-19. If you get a vaccination six months later, it's still in the prison system circling. You're going to get it again. I mean, it's just we don't know. So and not only that, I mean, let's face it, if you're going to prioritize because of somebody's sin, uh, where would any of us be? Amen, uh, brother. And uh, yes, Jr. that is the right spiritual mindset where, I mean, Paul called himself worst among sinners. And right. if we're to truly understand the gospel, we know that we're wicked sinners yesterday, we are today, and we're going to be tomorrow. We need Christ as the only way to have our sins forgiven through his life, death, and resurrection. And so I think a proper view of the criminal is people like us who just got caught, I guess. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> you're right. I mean, it, you know, they have been caught and they've been sentenced. They're doing their time. That is their punishment. And uh, on that aspect, we can't, uh, we can't be the judge there. Uh, they already went through a system to judge them, and, yeah. and uh, it's that simple. Thank you, Jr. Really appreciate the call. Love hearing from you. William in Cleveland, what are your thoughts? I've been listening to the... Um, this was my first time calling. Hey! Um, <laughs> Since it's your first time, you stay on hold after we're done chatting, and we'll have Kelly get your information, send you that courtesy of Scranton Road Promotional Marketing, third edition, Brian and Janelle, I'm in the family coffee tumbler. Okay, thank you. <laughs> you bet. <Aww. laughs> anyway, I, I've been listening, 
and like I said, I'm too. I was a former prisoner. I served eight years, so I understand uh, as far as this uh, pandemic and everything. Like I said, I had buddies that were in there. They they actually died from the pandemic, and even some of the the workers in there they died from there too. So I understand exactly what you're saying, Brian. But um, like I said, prisoners are they they're human too. So now that I think they should get the vaccine. Yeah. And now, okay. So as I understand it, you mentioned that, that you served time as well. Is that, is that what I understand? Yeah, Brian, I served eight years. Hmm. Yeah, I've been, I've been, I've been home for two years. Praise the Lord. That, 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 praise the Lord that, that you're home. So glad you're listening. And it's safe to assume you love Jesus if you're listening to this station, right? Oh, 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 de- oh definitely. That's all I listen to. Moody Radio. Praise oh, God. Thank you. I am so glad that's the case, William, and I'm glad that you called, too, and uh, are willing to share that information, because that helps us, I think, see issues like this differently, because it becomes, in a sense, should William be prioritized if he's in a situation mm-hmm. like he was? Mm-hmm. He loves Jesus. Right. So you're like, no problem. Even the guys in there you know that were just horrible people, that were mean to everybody or whatever, causing problems, you don't have any trouble with them getting the vaccine, too. No, I don't. I mean, like I said, it's like Matthew 7 and 1. Who are we to judge? Yeah, there you go. William, thanks so much for the call, my friend. You stay on hold. Kelly's going to get your information. And we'll send you that mug, too. Love that it's first time calling. Love that he's part of this listening family, too. Mm-hmm. This helps give us a perspective of who's listening. Because, you know, when, when you're doing something, you always assume everyone who's listening is just like you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I know when I'm watching a show or listening to a radio station, whatever, I'm always like, hey, everyone's just like me. Uh, we have a huge diversity of listening yeah. audience. That's one thing I'm very sensitive about and mindful of we were talking about the radio but it's it happens right in our churches i've talked about even like when we talk about let's say abortion or in this case the incarcerated we just throw out comments and you never Mm -hmm. know who's in your circle and who's listening yes and the judgment like when you assume everyone around you is the same as you you say things that can be so hurtful right so this is a good reminder we'll wrap up this conversation with you a few more calls and text to get to Should the incarcerated be prioritized with the COVID-19 vaccine? Peter in Brunswick, what are your thoughts? You know, God gave us all freedom of choice. And these prisoners made their choice. They made their bed. They chose it. And, you know, they got to sleep in it. You know, we can't prioritize somebody who chose bad for themselves. They got punished. They're put in jail over somebody who's innocent and chose the right way of living and use their freedom of choice to keep their freedom outside of the jail. I'm glad you called, Peter, because I know you represent a whole lot of people who haven't called yet who feel that same way. And it would seem to me that, yeah. that, that you would think that one of the purposes of prison is punishment, and this, this would just be one of those consequences you get for being in jail. Is that what you're basically saying? Yeah, basically. I mean, they chose that route, and now you're complaining that you chose that route and you want priority over other people that need it or want it i don't see that point with them and now since i've heard people on the other side of this issue sharing passages of scripture i don't want to assume that that just because they're sharing passages it means they're right how has the scripture guided you to that conclusion peter uh i mean everybody has freedom of choice you know that's the one thing if everything was just predestined and everything like that from god then you would be you wouldn't really have a life you know, you would just be whatever God told you to do. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't really have a passage that comes to mind, but... I mean, it's perhaps something for further study. Just because you can't quote something off the top of your head doesn't mean right. there isn't something. So I don't want to yeah, presume that yeah. either, Peter. Um, no, no. Now, how do you grapple with the idea that, I mean, we're all sinners that fall short of the glory of God. I mean, I haven't murdered someone, but Jesus said, if I hate my brother in my heart, I've murdered him. So well, how does that impact I, this, do you think? I don't hate the people in prison. I mean, they are people too. They are brothers and sisters, even though they made wrong choices. But at the end of the day, every single person, you know, the 7 billion people on earth are all living here and they're all here to repair their souls in order to be, find the love of God in order to get accepted into heaven. I and mean, that's the whole point. Everybody's here. It's not just somebody who makes a public crime and their crimes are put out for the world to see and they go into punishment, you know, sin crimes that are unseen happen daily. I mean, there's divorces rampant and infidelity happens a lot, but that's just not publicized. And, and, and it's not, you know, it's not criminalized either. either. Yeah, 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 exactly. So but now sin is a sin, you know, because I, I've been trying to deal with with some of these issues personally, too, because I think we all have limits in what prison ought to be like. Right. So I lean towards I want it to be reformative, not punitive, because I think being yeah. separated from your family and society is punishment enough. However, we had a conversation a couple of years ago on the show about whether or not prisoners should get iPads. It was like basically tablets being passed out at one oh. prison, to everybody. And I kind of went, well, yeah. wait a minute here. It's not. Like, I have limits to what it ought to be like. It shouldn't yeah. be like well, you're staying in a hotel. I mean, and but, yeah, but it shouldn't be a vacation. The whole purpose you're there is so you change. That's the whole point of the Bible is so your heart gets changed. I forget the exact quote in the scripture, but in Deuteronomy, it says, circumcise your heart. Well, what's the point of circumcising your heart? It's to get rid of the bad. So you're worthy of heaven. That's the whole point. Well, and, and you and know, just, but Peter, as I, as I look at this from a different perspective as well, I've been grappling with the idea of the American concept of cruel and unusual punishment, as in when you're sent to prison, you aren't told that part of the deal is three hots, a cot, and some, <laughs> some, some rec time, and you might die from a dangerous virus. That's just not part of the yeah. deal. And so is a cruel and unusual punishment to just leave people in overcrowded prisons without proper protective equipment and not vaccinate them and allow them to just kind of like, oh, maybe you'll die from that. Well, too bad. You shouldn't have committed a crime. But isn't that cruel and unusual? Well, it's sort of like, uh, I forget what the exact word for it is, but you kind of accepted the terms upon, uh, what is it, implied consent, mm -hmm. I guess. It's a tough one. It's very tough. But well, what about this? Do you, have any, uh, do you have any siblings, Peter? Yeah. So do you have, you have a brother or a sister or what, or both? Yeah, I have, I have brothers and sisters. So let's just say your brother's in prison now and COVID's spreading there. Would your position change? Mm, not really. I okay. mean, he made his choice. I mean, you know, I guess that's, it'd be cold to say for, you know, someone who's not my brother. But, I mean, my brother went out there and, you know, killed somebody, then... It's implied consent. You need punished. And... Well, but what if he forgot to pay his taxes for a year and didn't cross his mind? He's in prison for tax evasion. Well, that's a different. Well, it is a different story, but you still went to jail. Is he out there using his credit card to go to the mall every week to buy all kinds of shoes and clothes and stuff like that or whatever he's doing? 
and then how could you forget to pay your taxes? I don't know. Peter, you're, you're a good man. Thanks for putting up with all my questions. I'm kind of annoying sometimes. <laughs> Appreciate you, no. you you sharing your diverging opinion as well. Have you called us before, Peter? No, this is for first. Oh, 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 hey. oh, oh. Peter. Well, we're going to send you a courtesy of Scranton Road Promotional Marketing, third edition, Brian and Janelle. I'm in the family coffee tumbler for your time today. And I love when someone calls with a diverging opinion yeah. as well. So it's not just that you're a first time caller. Mm-hmm. I like that you were, you called and were willing to say something nobody else was saying. It helps discussion. It helps us think through our own positions. So Peter, you stay on hold. We'll get that to you. As we were talking about the incarceration, whether we agree with Peter or not, I mean, like, are we ignoring the impact it has on the people working there? Like if my husband was an officer there, I would be scared if I thought, oh, just forget them, like let them get sick. There's all kinds of staff there in the cafeteria. But this is why I I think this is a rubber meets the road thing for people of faith, right? How much do you really want to follow love your enemy? Right. And, you know, I love Romans 12. There's a couple of things in the whole chapter of Romans 12 Mm -hmm. that are pretty striking. And in this one, Romans 12, 9 says, don't just pretend to love others, really love them. And if we say we love our enemies and we aren't willing to let them get vaccinated before us, are we really loving them? Or do we just say we love them? Oh, yeah, I, I love my enemy. Mm-hmm. But that Dylan Roof guy, don't give him anything. Right? <laughs> Throw away the key, you know? Yeah. I think it's harder than we want it to be. Isn't it? Yeah. Like if you're in charge of giving the vaccines, let's just say Janelle volunteers. And so they line up and Janelle, you're going to go over to death row. Yeah. By the way, Jimmy coming up first, he killed yeah. his entire family. And like you said. You're going to smile at him and go, here's your vaccine? Right. And they don't necessarily look lovable. You know, all of that. That's the other thing I was going to say, too. Not only do we not understand or appreciate what it really means to love your enemy, but hmm. who your enemy is. I think when we read that scripture, we're thinking, oh, those you disagree with. <laughs> right. <You know? laughs> not a rapist. Yeah. <sighs> It's a difficult one. Hey, hold up. Where are you going? You know you liked your time with us. You want more. So look down, hit that button right there, subscribe, and you'll get updated episodes, and then you can hang some more. And guess what? You can help us. How? A five-star rating. You can also hang with us live weekday 6 to 9 a.m., interact with us, talk with us, download the Moody Radio app. Or at brianandjanelle.org. And we don't put all this together all by ourselves. There's some great people behind all this production. We want to thank Ron Eastwood, Kelly Ryder, Paul Carter, Mike Reynolds, and our awesome and fearless leader, Josue Villa. And finally, this podcast is a production of Moody Radio in Cleveland, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute. Well, Brian, that's a wrap. Yep. Yep.